welcome to episode 10 of Lagging Behind. Obviously, once again, you may notice that I don't have the northern sultry tones of your usual host, Jonathan the Geordie Squires, but it is, of course, me, Laura, who doesn't have a nickname or willing to give out her last name, blank. Uh, of course, this doesn't mean, because Squiggy isn't here, that the podcast isn't going to be as great as usual. It's going to be another fantastic episode, just like the last time I took over and hosted, which also means... I've got my partner in crime once again. It's Sean Kingslazo Hickman. I, l- I like how I like how you're throwing out our full name. Like you're even using Squiggy's <laughs> first name, which nobody ever uses. But you're like me. No, no, Queen O'Leary doesn't give her last name. <gasps> Just, I am a question mark. Well, I was before Slazo. It was meant to be mystery enigma. Woo! But how are you, uh, Mr. Slazo King? Mr. Who? <laughs> Mr. King of Slazos. The King of the Slazos. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm. I'm all right. It's. Uh, yeah, life. Life goes on. You know, August now. Bloody hell. And hey, we had a heat wave again, so that was nice for a few days. Then we had thunderstorms away. Rain. Yeah, we didn't Wait. get that. We just got drizzle. It was really disappointing here. We. I just woke up um, one day. And it was just foggy drizzle. I'm like, well, this is boring. You know what's not boring? This episode, because I'm about to run you down. What we're about to go through so our listeners can get hyped i feel like a really budget zack Ryder, but uh, here isn't we go. that mojo right you know we're gonna, we're gonna talk about I'm not even a budget i'm a budget mojo oh, it's a horrible time anyway we're gonna talk about what we've been playing as usual we're also gonna be uh it's a big episode we're gonna be discussing what come out on this day on august the 18th if you're listening to this podcast on day release if you're not august 18th about to go through a day in history for you and also the biggie, Slazo has been chomping at the bit for this episode because we're going to go through our experiences playing Ori, which was part of our free stuff and the game we have, uh, chose to play and experience. It's and it's, it's great, yeah. I, cool. I, I mean, if you listened to past episodes, you'll know I finished it off a month ago, so I've been eager to discuss it with my co-hosts who have fully played the game and are ready to discuss it with me. Feels a little bit passive-aggressive. But me, that never. will be coming up. That will be coming up, and you'll be getting the full wrath and passion of Slazo, and including... Actually, I'm a little bit passionate about this game as well, but, you know, there'll be a lot of disagreements, I feel, so stay tuned for that. But kicking it off, we're going to discuss what we've been playing this week. Slazo, wow me with your gaming experience. I mean, I, do we want to both open up with the big the big one, and, I mean, hey, if it's still around in five years, we'll probably play free stuff as well. But a full guys... Oh my god, it's the Takeshi's Castle video game I've always wanted. It, Yeah, it's weird that the, the best Battle Royale to come about in years is not just, here's another shooty bang, it's just platforming silliness. I, I love this game. See, I, it's silly, but also not too silly. Because there's a certain point that I go went in not knowing much about this game. Yeah. I mean, people like... So when I saw it, I thought there was going to be a much more um, crash dummy. I'm not sure what the mechanics is. Jelly man, you know, more like limbs and legs all over the place. I'm kind of glad that it's not. Yeah, it's uh, it's. You know what I mean? The type it's of game. It's a little fast and loose. With... Yeah, it's a little fast and loose with some of the controls and stuff. But it's like it's not. It's not like a quir- not quir- It's not like say, oh, frig, I can't, like Gang Beast or something where half the battle is. Your character doesn't really do what you think it's gonna do. It's 
I'm not going to say precise, that's not the right word for it, but it is a lot more of a test of skill than it is necessarily it's, hoping for the I'm best. I'm not running and jumping and not like, yeah. whoa. I mean, it's a really fun game. I've won a few crowns. Lazer has won. I've won one! A singular a crown. crown. I am a king. Slazo once again. <laughs> that one time he was. Um, obviously, there's already been an update where we've got new stuff, new fixes. I mean, I know there was server trouble at the start, but that just shows what a massive success it's been with everyone. Yeah. To, play. Uh, to be fair, I'm always a little weirded when they say this because they're like, oh, we couldn't have predicted it. And I'm like, really? I, I feel you could. <laughs> um, Every big game has. I mean, Every big I game has feel... them. I'm not going to hold it against them. Like I pre- I I've been through enough feel... MMO launches to see this, but you know, like going, whoa, it's bigger than our wildest projections. I'm like, this was a PS Plus game with Buzz. What did you expect? Yeah, I, w- I will say, I, I think maybe for once I will let them off because it was the fact it took them a few days to get it, especially with the weekend rush, uh, rush before that, and then it coped with the weekend well. I mean, I know the game's still got some fixes to do, like, um, we can talk about it briefly, is the Royal Fumble mode with the tail grabbing. Haha, <laughs> any tail, any grabbing. Grabbing is a bit fast and loose in this one. Yeah, it, you feel like someone's nowhere near you, next thing you know your tail has been robbed and you're screaming, my tail, my tail, as it runs off into the sunset. And when you get right next to them, you hit the grab button, the game's like, nah mate, what are you doing? But the fact it had something that sounds really frustrating, but that the game's so fun that you overlook it. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's like pretty much you, how fun it is. Like you, you, you get annoyed at like stuff like, oh, it's another team game. Oh, it's another more fumble. But like, you, you're not saying it like actually madly. You're like, oh, here we go again. Okay, cool. Like, let's do this. Let's have some fun. So yeah, yeah. I really love it. And hell, like the variety of costumes as well, especially because there's no microtransactions really tied to them, is amazing. Especially now that all the shops are different, so you get to see everyone dress up their full guys in kind of different cool styles and it's yeah, updated that's... so often so it's like yeah i mean i've been enjoying the crossovers i mean um as of recording we've had a couple we had hotline miami crossover outfit and the game that's another indie game that i don't know <laughs> that's like, yeah so so far there's been hotline miami there's enter the gungeon uh, if you pre-ordered on pc you can dress up as gordon freeman from half-life and I want to say they said the Scout's coming the from Scout, TF2. The Scout, Scout is in the Steam version, yeah. Right. And I've heard rumours that, that they mean, might do a Portal one as well. That would be cool. I would like some more stuff for the PS4 exclusive. Really use that Sony connection. Because obviously it's just on PS4 and Steam at the moment. Steam's getting its own thing with TF2 and that. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing some God of War. Um, some Detroit. Some uh, you have to imagine Horizon Sackboy would be a natural fit for this. It feels like Sackboy would be a natural fit. I'm, I would be delighted with that. I do like the Little Big Planet franchise. I mean, I feel like there's loads of potential there, and I do hope they're coming. But then, obviously, you don't want to uh, throw everything at someone, you know, in the first. Oh no, I appreciate. Like, we're still like we're what like ten days into season one, which still is like fifty days, and who knows what like how the seasons are going to break down going forward. Is it going to be entirely new sets of games? How's how's that going to work? It's be interesting to see, but it's definitely had a very strong start, and I'm still really enjoying playing it. Yeah, well, I got asked what I thought. This is sounds weird. I got asked what I thought about the long the longevity of it. Yeah. Because obviously, Rocket League was something that launched really strong and did continue on for years, still going now. Not as much as the original launch, but you know what game would be. I mean, it's been years. Yeah. But um, I do think the DLC and what they add will be important. It's basically what we'll see how long this goes on for. Yeah, I, as I say, it'll be interesting to see what... Because obviously, so at the moment, it's very kind of player-friendly, so there's no micro... Well, 
As I say, there's a couple of DLC packs you can buy, but again, it's all cosmetics and you can earn tons of cool cosmetics in-game anyway, so it's not like you feel left out if you don't buy them or anything. Yeah, so, it's something you hang games yeah, like that. Yeah, really. and I mean, also because, you know, it's free, free in inverted quotes on PS Plus, then a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I feel like giving them a few bucks, like make up for it because it's good fun. But as I say, we'll see how it pans out over the future seasons, I guess, as the year goes on. I'm not sure. It's hard to say what they'll entail right now, but I'm sure we'll find out. I will say before we move off, all guys, just that have you got a favourite mode that you think people would particularly your favourite? I mean, your final round. Yeah. I I I love most of it. Like all the races, the races are the highlights because that is essentially just a mad cap sprint to the finish. And yes, everyone gets mad at that people can't do seesaws or dies on slime climb because it's pretty hard for newcomers until you've gotten used to it. But those are probably where the game's at its most fun. Like, that's not to say the other modes aren't fun. I enjoy the survival-style things, like the hole-in-the-wall-esque mode, or the one where it's all rotating, or you're doing the jumping beams. The finales are mostly good. Uh, even the Hexagon. team... Yeah, Hexagon. I still haven't mastered the art of, like, jumping from thing to thing yet, because I find the timing's a bit weird. But, as I say, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the logic one, but uh, I've always been logically minded, so that's fine. As I say, the only, like, the team ones I can get some of the people's annoyance on it, definitely with the tail ones, but it's it's still mostly fun. It could it could be a bit annoying when you're clearly on the ass end and you're going to lose, and there's nothing you can really do to fight that back just because you're partnered with, uh, as our friends would call it, utter morons. But, I was uh, to say yellow team. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> yellow team sucks. I love how that's actually a thing, and that's actually become a meme, like, yellow team sucks. Yeah, but, uh... If you're on yellow team... Ow. Rip. Uh, yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say with it is obviously you mentioned there about the getting the diamonds that you, it's quite, and you said about it accessible. This does feel like one of the first game in ages that anyone can play because you obviously know, the viewers, listeners even, don't know that I've got my mum playing it who's not much of a gamer and she seems to be getting on with it. It is nice that as a game that seems to be fun for everyone. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy to communicate kind of, well, both the controls and what the goal is. It's like, okay, what are your controls? Cool. Right, this stick moves you jump, grab, dive, there you go, we're done. And uh, your goal is usually get to the end, or don't die. Which is beautiful. Um, so is it sticking on you then? Anything else you played other than Fall Guys? Yeah, so uh, let's uh, fo- focus on some of the other stuff. So uh, I've, as people may have been gathered from listening to past episodes, I'm still making my way through Final Fantasy VII Remake at my uh, lovely glacial pace. So I, I did a couple more chapters. I can't remember what I talked about last time, so I'll just go over the ones I think I haven't covered yet. Uh, so there's chapter 15, which is essentially go up, and it's it, it's like, there's a lot of pacing issues in the third act of the game, as it were, but, and this is definitely one of the ones where you're just, it just feels like an unnecessary addition, especially as most of the chapter is, oh no, we've got to avoid this big thing, and then at the end you fight the big thing, and it's like, yep, didn't see that coming, glad I spent the last hour doing this chapter. Uh, and then chapter 16 is finally when they're like, Shinra, let's establish the main villains of this game who've been tormenting you up to this point. And you're like, great, glad you left it this late to do this. It's it's a fun chapter, it's just really weird to at this point go, here's all the Shinra executive committee. And it's like, great, where was this information however many hours ago, depending on how long much time you put into this. And then chapter 17 is more Shinra, and again, because of the events that happen, just feels again like it's extending and dragging out the ending, when you're just like, can, can I... 
I appreciate, again, this is like the first part of a much longer experience that will be told over multiple games, but you're like, come on, and I'm ready for the end by this point. And uh, anyone who's played the game will uh, probably agree with me when I say Whispers can fuck off. That's a garbage story quirk, and uh, they're shit. It's, I mean, it's, that feels quite blunt. I mean, they're just... Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it's like they're essentially the magical ghost things that will often pop up in the first half of the game to be like, no, you can't go this way, you've got to go that way. Ooh. And then the explanation... So they try and explain them later on, and it, you're like, so what? No, that doesn't make sense. This is just essentially you going, no... You know go this way. You go that way. Game want you to go that way. So, yeah, yeah, it's... They're a, they're a terrible plot device, essentially, to try and get you to do what the game wants instead of what you might logically do. But uh, besides that, I have also, now that it's out of early access, given Risk of Rain 2 uh, a couple of playthroughs with some friends. That's kind of... That's pretty fun. So uh, if you play the original Risk of Rain, the main difference is this is now in 3D as opposed to 2D. If you've not, essentially... It's you go through five different stages and you're looking for various kind of power-ups and stuff so you kill enemies to get money which allows you to open chests or trade power-ups and such. It's kind of got like a Binding of Isaac item system where there's a whole bunch of different things which you don't know what they do at first but then you can build like interesting builds of your characters you go along so you might get a whole bunch of things that you jump like five times in a row or you might get stuff that makes you move really fast or fire really fast. And there's tons of unlockables and stuff, both with those items and more characters you can find. And it's all kind of just tied to achievements, so some of it's nice and easy to get. Like, get to the third level without dying, boom, new character. Or there's some really hard frustrating ones, but they can also unlock you extra skills as well. As it, there's, a, there's a lot to learn, and it can feel a bit overwhelming at first. And there's definitely some secrets and such in the game where if you didn't have either some a friend who's done it before, or like... The Wikipedia hive mind of the game community, you'd be you wouldn't find this from normal play likely. So like some of the unlockables are just really weird. It's it's got like some of the things like the good old Halo skulls where they put them in really asinine, out of the way locations that unless you knew there was something to look for, you probably wouldn't discover on your own. But uh, it's it's good fun. As I say, I I've enjoyed playing it a bit. Uh, so the difficulty scales over time as well, which is the other big risk-reward system. So you could stay at a level and try and farm all the cool things in there, but the, over time the game goes from like easy, normal, hard, insane, oh my god, ha 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 ha. Literally the final difficulty is just called ha 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 ha. It's great. I mean, that's just mocking me. Pretty much. I'd say, though, it's, it's good fun. Uh, I've only made it to the final boss once, at which point we were doing okay, and then he did one attack and killed everyone. So, oof, need to learn that a bit more. But uh, it's it's interesting. I want to I want to play a bit more. Playthroughs can last a bit long. Like it's an hour or so for a run, typically, if not longer. Which so it's not exactly small bursts like say four guys is. But uh, it's yeah, if you want to give one or two playthroughs for an evening, it's a it's a laugh. And it's pretty cheap as well. I think it's only like twelve quid, which I was like, whoa, that's not insanely overpriced. That's good. So. Uh, Looking forward to playing more of that in the future. I mean, that's that's fair. Anything else? That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Other than my usual, I've played gacha games, summer events, woo, fake grand order, more like fake grind order. Haha. <laughs> I've played VNs. Yeah. Alcan is great. I love the visuals of it. It feels more visually interesting than most visual novels. 
That's it. That's that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> that is fair enough. I mean, I mean, I have dedicated my soul, and life, and existence to Fall Guys, but I have snuck in some other games. I uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, I've never heard of that. Little known game. Um, did you? Do you no, have it on the Xbox? No, I don't. It's the one that got released with PS Plus this month that wasn't Fall Guys. Oh, so you mean Modern Warfare Two Remastered Campaign? Remastered. That's what I mean. Yeah, that. I started playing that for some reason. Ah, you, sorry, sorry. It's it's an easy confusion to make. What with you know the most recent one being called Modern Warfare, and yes. then the one from ten years ago being called Modern Warfare, and then Modern I Warfare have Remastered. <laughs> I have I have played the later one on Xbox and stuff. Yeah. But I just couldn't think which. I know it's the remastered one and stuff like yeah. that. I was like, I I, I was more going to make the whole like, joke that they recently were like, oh, weapons glitch on the graph. Sorry, weapon texture graphical glitch. Better download sixty five gig. Yeah. But sorry, so Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Yeah. I've been playing that, did a couple of missions. I quite enjoy it. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I did play the latest content that, but there is a certain point where you just got sick of them sort of games. But then you go back, you play that, and I was like, you know what? I didn't get sick of them. I just like a different experience and a different story and a bit of variety in my missions. missions. Like, it, it wasn't me that changed. <laughs> Yeah. It was you for games. I d- I, yeah, I definitely haven't played for a lot of the recent COD campaigns, whereas I I think I did Modern Warfare 2, like, the night... I think I did that, like, a midnight launch and then played it through till, like, 8am and beat it and was yeah. knackered by the end of that. But, I'm uh, shocked. Y- yeah. But, yeah... I also like Call of Duty 2 and that. I remember trying to do them on Veteran and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I know the single... The multiplayer became the be-all and end-all of Call of Duty games. I said it. It did. And it's still probably is now but i enjoyed the campaigns when they were done right and it didn't feel like the same plot repeating itself because by the few of them you just feel like well who's gonna betray me now it's you isn't it they did definitely like this was probably maybe the first one where you could start to see some of the formulaicness of it appearing in the second one like i remember i think the ending sequence, I don't know if you've got to it yet, but I remember the ending sequence felt very overblown in this one. I mean, I played it before, so it's not like... I'm I know, but you know, that for like that was probably ten years ago, <laughs> so I don't really yeah. want to spoil things yeah, that you might have forgotten. But yeah, as I say, it's it didn't quite have the same impact as Modern Warfare 1, but it was definitely a fun campaign. Also, I played some more Gears 5, because, you know... You have Season 5! Yeah, I just did some free-for-all. I mean... I do feel like the player base is drying up quite quickly because I'm meant to be finding rank games in his new rank system to get up to silver so long, but you can never find a game, and I'm so impatient. I don't want to be waiting around for like God knows how long. That's why I keep nagging you to come play. But I just, I just did some free for all, and instead of they've reduced it, there's a free for all mode is now limited to eight people in a game, so you tend to get full games, which is nicer and everything. But it still feels like oh, you have one really good player per game. That yeah. sounds like I'm like insulting myself, but you are basically always be four for hire in the say a team um, the ones I played the other day. But then you just get maybe one person skill away with it. Granted, one of those people was nearly me at one point, so I got in my own head because I have I don't play much free for all and I've started playing it. But there is a trophy. Uh, yeah, trophy. Yeah, I'm on the Xbox trophy for uh, winning a free Ach- for achievement. Game stuff. Oh no, it's achievement. It is. Oh, I failed. <laughs> oh. I'm so confident. No, yeah, achievement for winning a free fall game. And I, every time I get close to it, and I'm really dominant, I just get in my own head. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. I'm, I'm very aware of it. I'm there's pretty sure there's. 
Sorry, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there's times where I've been playing with you and I've been like, yeah, holy crap, I'm doing well, I'm winning. And as soon as I notice I'm winning, it all goes wrong. All goes, it go, all goes hot. It's the same where there's an achievement, I think, for coming from like 10 points behind and winning. And I've done, I've had slow starts and then start to move up to look like I'm going to win. And then I become aware that I am. And I'm like, oh, no. So, yeah. Granted, I shouldn't be playing for the achievements, but they're in the back of my mind when I'm playing. There's nothing wrong with that. You can play games for achievements. Alright, I wasn't judging myself, I just meant more like, at this point, I'm not going to get 100% on you. I'm just chilling, yo. No, um, Lord, you're going to do seriously 5.0. I believe I in you. I wouldn't. Um, I think that's it for what I play. Because I was, sorry, I was going to play the Avengers uh, demo, but 30 gigabytes, and then I kept hearing, sorry, beta thing about it. And I just, uh, yeah, I feel Squiggy will have a lot of. Wait, is Squ- was Squiggy in the beta or not? I can't remember. He downloaded it, I don't know if he played it. Okay, but like, if he has, I'm sure he'll give way in with his opinions next time. But I have heard a lot oh. of things about it. Oh, go on. I played, I played FIFA 20 as well again. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm so predictable. I did, and I've started uploading embarrassing clips of all my teammates, because that's what I do now. I was going to say, like, I uh, we, I, we, we promote <laughs> this stuff later, but I must say, like, Laura's Twitter right now is top bands for Fall Guys <laughs> and other gaming clips. It is. I've decided to just mock everyone else and upload clips. It yeah. does, it's what I've, I've t- taken. It's great until she starts you. messaging you on Twitter at 11 at night when you're about to go to sleep, and then it's less great. Alright. <laughs> and then you wake up to do notifications. But to be fair, I am open to mocking myself. There was in FIFA. I have. I still. I will die on this sword or fall on this sword, whatever the phrase is. Is in FIFA 20, the cameras are awful when you're taking deep free kicks like indirect free kicks like so you're in your own half and you like got a free kick and boot it up you can't really see the other side of the screen you've got the radar but you can't really have much vision on where you've got to hit it because before they used to have a cam where you stand behind the player so i like can see everything but it's like side on like you're watching on tv um a lot of the time i get it wrong and hit it out of play the other day i hit it directly to the opponent he ran for on goal and scored and it was not a good time to be alive but yeah i'm hoping they fix that in the next one yeah I, yeah, I mean, as long as they fix the box art, it'd be great. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's one. I feel we did that. I feel I did that last time. <laughs> you did, and um, for someone who doesn't play FIFA, you really do care about the box art. To be fair, last time I didn't even mention that I played Grounded, and I forgot. You did. Well, I yeah, I forgot. But Grounded is a really cool game. It seemed fun. I need to play it some more. So that's probably a note to the podcast. If anyone's played it and wants to tweet us at uh, behind lagging. The pressure me to play it more. Yeah, I've got the right as well. I I completely slipped under my radar, but that was a thing that came out. I I don't know. I'll probably wait for the full release of that whenever that may be. But unless you're about to tell me it is out fully, and I'll be like, whoa. Well, I mean, no, I don't think so. Unless I've missed the announcement. That's the I I I can't get one of those emails saying, as you've played grounded early preview. I just want to confirm it is out now. Okay, I like them. I mean, hey, more, more stuff to play on Game Pass. It's always great. Because hey, you're not going to be playing Halo. Hey. We're, not We're not a current news today. podcast. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. You do mean Halo 3, because I think that's out. Anyway, moving <laughs> on to away from what we've been playing. And instead, we're going to discuss what come out on this glorious day of release of this podcast. So August 18th, which is a beautiful Tuesday. Or rainy, poury Tuesday, depending on your like. I ain't psychic. So, um, Slayer, a lot come out on this day. Did it? So we're gonna. 
gonna go down a trip down memory lane again. My oh. favourite thing to do. Here we go. So, in 2009, Wolfenstein, like the so the first is original reboot of the original franchise, Wolfenstein. You know, injecting that new life into that old franchise. Is this, uh, was this Bethesda on... or was this Ed? It could have been Ed. Why are you doing this to me? Anyway, it was <laughs> Wolfenstein and it was back in 2009 on 3D and PS3. Wait, PS3. Right? Yeah, that, wow. I thought this was like only something that got redone this generation. What? Huh. No, I'm pretty. No, I believe I'm you. Like, I, I'm you're probably right. Out now. No, I'm I just like, remember no, you were like hyping this up when it came out on PS4, and like you still, you still tell me to play it, and I still haven't. But to be fair, it's it is by uh, Raven Software and Activision, part of Wolfenstein, seen as the sequel to the 2001 entry, Return to the Castle Wolfenstein. So. It uses ID Tech for so is, is this one of the ones you went mad over, or not? No, it, no, it's not. Oh, okay. No, it's not. But um, it was it was average, but it put it out there that there might be a market for Wolfenstein, which is why I would say it's probably important that we reference it come out because let's be honest, Wolfenstein got its head back in the game with the ones that followed. Old blood, so. new yeah, something. Yeah, blood, new blood. Not the. Shit. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the twin one that come out. I mean, yeah, that one didn't happen. Up. Ignore that one. Yeah. There were two Wolfenstein yeah. games. <laughs> Wolfenstein was obviously historic franchise. I mean, people, you know, Castle. It was a basic arcade game and it was nice that it kind of got a little bit of a revival here and then fully got to be more. Because they kind of did something really good, you know, Nazis and modern and what happened if they won the war and all that stuff. It's kind of a really cool story rather than just gameplay stuff. Yeah, it was, it was surprising to see both this and Doom, like, come back as strong as they did but hey more power to them that's all I'm going to say on that Um, also in 2009 everyone's favourite Plants vs Zombies come out in the US for Windows a classic a classic I'm so old I remember when this was new did you play this? did you like Plants vs Zombies? I mean my mum loved it I I played it a lot when it first came out like I know people have played it on off over the years since like I don't think I've done any of like the greenhouse stuff where you could crossbreed stuff or anything like that but I think I played through the main campaign in the original game back when it was on Summer of Arcade and I, I yeah it's it's really enjoyable it's a nice kind of fun simplification of I guess tower defense is probably the one it's most akin to uh, but yeah it's it's enjoyable and having to come up with like strategic zombie formation not zombie formation sorry strategic flower formations and all the little flower designs had their own charm and everything, and Crazy Dave, whatever he was called. He was fun. And then the ending song is just, oh, Trey Bien. To be fair, you said, like, the Tower of Defense. I always thought it was, like, modern-day Space Invaders, because obviously it's defensive. Yeah, that's another way to look at it, I guess, yeah. Um, I see it like a Space Invaders. I really enjoyed it, and obviously I really enjoyed it. Led, um, EA got the license, and they made it into a shooter with... Garden Warfare. Garden Warfare, yeah, that was... Which I loved, I poured hours into that. Hours. Uh, I wouldn't have played it if I wasn't given it for free at one point, when they made it free, but, uh, mm. it, okay. yeah, it was, it was fun. I didn't play a huge amount, but it was definitely a laugh. Hours, hours into it. Um, and then there was a sequel that we never talk about, so... Yeah, we didn't talk about it, because it got a quiet release and didn't really get the PR it deserved. Apparently, it is fun and good, and more of the same smashing good times but is it i heard it was microtransaction now but hey who knows i mean that i mean the basic gameplay i mean it's kind of like star wars battlefront people are like eh, it's microtransaction hell but then they still played it no no i i meant the actual plants versus zombies not garden warfare oh i thought you meant the war second no i haven't i haven't heard anything about garden warfare too so i don't know how that is 
I mean, that's how quiet they got released. <laughs> um, moving on. Moving on. Uh, 2013 in the US, uh, Disney Infinity come to Wii, Wii U, PS3, and 360. Obviously, I have loads of these figures still in my room in a box. In my wardrobe, I have a Disney Infinity 2 figures, even more so because I was not just into Disney Infinity 1, I went into Disney Infinity 2. I did play the game, it was fun, it was basic, clearly meant for kids, but the figures were really cool, so. Squeaky, I didn't realise you were here. I thought you weren't here yeah. this week. I mean, he did. Finish Epic Mickey's. I like, who's the real Disney fan? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, but Disney Infinity, you got to play like obviously your basic characters. I want to say Pirates of the Caribbean was in the first lot. I don't know, might have not been. Don't, like don't look at me. Yeah. I mean, it's in every Kingdom Hearts, so presumably it made it to yeah. this as well. well. One and two kind of blurred together for me because I don't really remember. I know two bought in Marvel because I have the Marvel little play set with the monster thing where you put the, the little um, stuff where you stand the figures on. I'm not going to lie, this I, I, and Lego Dimensions have merged together in my mind, so I don't know what's with what. That's there. I know Disney Infinity was poor Lego Dimensions, because I was all in Disney Infinity, and then I let Lego Dimensions come out, and I was like, God damn, that looks like another money fit. And then I just didn't get it, so I was like, ha, saving my money, staying strong. Pretty much. But, um, yeah, I I feel this was a time where this sort of stuff was big. I feel like they thought the fad was going to last longer than it did, because then Am- Amiibos did happen, and I think Amiibos are still popular and stuff. But it does feel like Amiibos are on the way out. But uh, yeah, but they were. This was the time when longer. everyone was because everyone was trying to follow the Skylanders bandwagon. Mm. Remember Skylanders? Bloody hell! But yeah, yeah, everyone was going like, "Hey, we can. This is an easy way to make money if we do figure games." So obviously, had this, you had Lego Dimensions. I don't think either of them ever quite panned out as long as they were going to. They Although I feel it. Disney took apart their game studios, didn't they, around this time? Yeah, they did, but I don't think Disney Infinity 2 Tales were up where they were. I feel like I remember reading something like this. Yeah. Or something like that. And that I feel the, the craze cheap. was dying down by this quick. point. So. Yeah. They went cheap quite quick, so that also is an indication. But I got all my Star Wars figures. I got some bought for me. It was nice little Christmas presents and stuff. Yeah. So, I do think that was an important day in 2013 that come out. I mean... I still have them, so that's going to be a testament of time. I don't have my rock band plastic guitars, but I'll still hold on to these figures. Hey. You don't have your rock band gear? No. no, I sold it. Yeah. I cashed out. Uh, right, so 2013 might have brought us joy and beautiful Disney Infinity in a kid's friendly. You know what came out in 2014 on Steam Worldwide? Five Night at Freddy's. Don't mistake this is not a kid's game. That bear might look friendly and... It's, boy, it's a lovely child's uh, food joint. It's not... Nothing nothing scary at all. No, no way. Yeah, the uh, the first game of the FNAF franchise, as it were. And yeah, it's crazy how big that's become ever since, considering it is, at least the first one, is pretty much just the basic kind of, I guess, strategy horror game more than anything. Like, if you've not played it or not seen, like, millions of people on YouTube playing it and getting terrified, you essentially just sit in, like, a command booth for some reason. This is how you have to defend this shop. I don't know why you need to be there, but okay. And there's deep lore, which I've... Yeah, there's deep lore, which is crazy. But essentially, yeah, you have to uh, protect yourself from, like while you're there from like midnight to 6am from these uh, mannequin, like electronic mannequins, I guess, things, which are there to entertain the kids, but at night go, ooh, we're going to get you. So, yeah, you essentially have to like observe cameras to see where they're at or where they're moving and then like lock down doors, but that drains your power. So the more you use the cameras, the more you have the lights on to observe if they're right there, the more you lock down doors. This causes the power to go out and shit like that. So if you use too much, then the power goes out and you have to pray that they don't come for you. 
And it's a master of jump scares, like the amount of times these things will charge at you and you will shit yourself as they scream in your face is brilliant. And yeah, it just started an entire franchise of it and they get more strategical as it goes. Strategical, I think that's the word. As they go on, so uh, like there's more, there's more caveats and there's more puppets to deal with as you get further through the Five Nights things, and arguably get harder or easier as you go on, depending on what uh, you find hard about the franchise. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's weird to think that such a simple concept exploded so well. But hey, it's it's a massive thing, and odds are if you search for it on YouTube, your favorite YouTuber has done a video in it. So they streamed it, and I wanted to play it, but I'm too scared is basically what I feel about Five Nights at Freddy's. I've seen bits of it and watched more than I've played, and I would probably I feel like it's the poop your pants simulator, but I feel like it's probably the scary one of the scariest games out there because I got scared playing Outlast. So the fact that I got scared playing Outlast means I probably won't want to play this. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. It's not one for if you're not after horror, then there's no real benefit to playing I, this. So I do love horror, just not by myself. So <laughs> fair, unless my fair. horror buddy. Unless my horror buddy returns to me in spectacular situations, I feel like I'm not going to be playing Five Nights at Freddy's anytime soon. But Lola's what always up? there for you. Oh, Lola's shit. She's the worst at horror. She leaves. <laughs> oh, God. She's a little baby. Scared of wrestling. Anyway, <laughs> so that's 2014. And the last game we're going to look back on this historic day, 2015. Zombie U Worldwide released on Steam and it also come out in the United States on the PS4. You're so, really into zombies, Laura, this week. Uh, oh, I played Daisy. I forgot about that. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, zombies are cool. Like it did become one of the once again the successful zombie games, and then everyone makes a zombie game, and you're like, oh, zombies again. And I still feel there were so many zombie games. We're still jaded. Like um, the game that came out on the motorbike. Days, Days gone. gone. Yeah, and it was like, it looked cool and stuff, but you lost me at zombies. Yeah, there were definitely like, times when they were presenting that game. It was like, look at our hordes of zombies. And I'm like, great, and I've already seen this kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's great that it's probably more technology to make these hordes even more terrifying and have even more zombies in the horde and feel even more, like, troubled. But then you're also like, I'm so tired of this genre. Walking yeah. Dead made zombies cool, and then video games and Left 4 Dead, all zombies, and then other gay it's just like no no zombies because even the last of us zombies technically sort of sort of zombies infected mm. the zombie line you know but um but zombie it yeah zombie isms but anyway zombie you come out i actually ended up playing this on ps4 i missed out on wii u i know it was one of the games that actually used the wii u tablet properly or in an yes. innovative way but I enjoyed what I played of it on PS4. Once again, I was jaded of zombies when I played this, because, and I still good you play it, but I kind of like the whole see how far you can get, survive, you die, go back to somewhere else. It's cool. Have you ever played it? Nope. I oh, did. The, the Wii U came out when I was a poor boy and couldn't afford to buy extravagant things like lots of games for it. Not like now, I'm just willy-nilly. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, I never really saw the appeal of it. I know. It was like it just looked like another zombie game to me, and on a platform which had like Nintendo Land and a few other things. I guess I was interested in it. It never screened out to me as this is one you have to spend your money on. But that was most of the Wii U library. So yeah, but that's why I ended up getting it on PS4. I felt quite the same. It was something that intrigued me. Also, the setting of London always great to be playing. Oh, and, in places, 
familiar. So, uh, yeah. But I think that was important. It was important for what it did. More so on the Wii U than its Steam and PS4 releases, but yeah, still. I, I, I always thought it was funny them being like, here's Zombie U on other platforms. And I'm like, so what yeah, does the U stand for U. now? And they're like, uh... Universal. <laughs> Universal. Right, I'll get their PR Steam sorted out. Right, I, that's all the games I have that historically... I mean, other stuff come out. This day was huge for DLC. Sorry, Rocksmith fans, if you tuned in to reminisce about what song packs come out on this day. But um, we're going to move away now from his history and move to your favourite subject, free stuff. I mean, we're not really moving away from history. The whole podcast is history. But uh... Why you got to free stuff why I gotta be so rude. so obviously uh, we did free stuff and we all played Bioshock and had mixed views and discussed it and then we uh, was it you that openly picked Ori one of us picked I can't remember who but like yeah. we, we discussed so, it and we decided Ori in the Blind Forest yes I obviously down- started the playthrough this well by downloading the Rog Ori now you've said that the full title. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was, uh, that, was that was fun when you did that. But anyway, I I I have a play this and we're gonna discuss it now. Just me and you, Slazo, going through the beautiful experience. Obviously yeah. you finished it. Yeah. I haven't. I mean because I am stuck. I will first I of all give the opinion so he couldn't be here, but I will first of all give the opinions of our lovely co host. Here is his detailed essay on Ori. I like the idea of it, didn't like the execution. That's his opinion. So, <laughs> Laura, that was wild. That, yeah, shall we? Uh, shall we discuss it? <laughs> yeah. Um. So first, I want to let's start with the story. Start with the basic story. I know I haven't got to the finale or whatever, but I'm not expecting a big plot twist, and I don't mind you ruin it because I'm break my controller. You've seen the you've seen the main part of the story. Yeah. So can I just say, can you pre-warn me next time that it was a sad game? I was like, oh, this is good. It was literally worse than the movie Up when I told you. It's... When you said, I was like, this is the Up of game. Yeah, Basically, it is. I'm That's like, literally oh, how my friend. notes write. This is nice. Yeah, this is nice. Sadness. Sadness everywhere. And I was like, this thing is adorable. I don't want it to be sad. Yeah, it's definitely very, it's a very Up-esque opening, which um, I, I've seen bits of this before, so I kind of knew this was happening. I don't think you need to pre-warn players that it's a sad I thing. I think you do when they they didn't, you didn't get a pre-warning on Up. I haven't seen Up because someone gave me a pre-warning. You haven't seen Up. <laughs> it was sounding sad. It's I'm sad for it. ten minutes and then the actual film starts. I ain't gonna lie. I don't don't get me wrong. It's sad. I say, like, the fact that we're comparing it to Up should tell you that, god damn, it's a very good opening. And it definitely does make you feel things about um. I died inside and I was already dead. Like a zombie. <laughs> I'll inside again. That is, but that is pretty much the narrative high. Like there are other narrative beats. Um, you might uh, I can't remember when about the next big one is, but um, it never it never really matches that from the rest of the game. The nar- narrative is kind of loose about it. It tries to be a story about um, like parenthood and all that. So but- is that what they were going for? That makes sense. Because I got Mufasa in the Lion King vibes. You know when he's looking down on Simba and keeps giving me annoying quotes like, look inside yourself. Yes, I, as a massive Lion King fan who only saw that oh, film this over Christmas for the first time. Well, no. Okay, the one bit when Mufasa's like... Which one's the Mufasa? The father. Got and it. Simba's there, like, needs guidance. And Mufasa says something, like, in the sky, like his voice or whatever. 
I got them sort of vibes when you know you get to different be- bits and quotes popped up. Oh, the narrator. Okay. Yeah, that's. I got. I basically felt. He definitely has sort of that thing. kind of voice. Now nice evening. I don't know. It's just. It feels. The story feels like it's so invested in itself, but after the opening, you it just never brings true or anything. So the narrator is like full of self bonds like, oh, Ori journeyed to the heart of the lake, and there Ooh, he uh, found life was a bit sad. And I'm like, I don't care. I could have told you that for free, Ori. Yeah, and as I'm, I'm like, eh, whatever, fuck it. I'm spo- If you like, we're gonna spoil Ori, I guess. But yeah, it's as spoilers. A, spoilers. You know, if you're listening to a deep dive into Ori and you weren't expecting spoilers, um. Okay, <laughs> I mean we spoiled Bioshock five episodes ago, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. So essentially, the story, and I had to check this on Wikipedia because my writing of the story is a bit different. But the forest dies off at one point, and I thought that was because the giant bird stole the spirit orb, but it's not. Apparently, that happened before then. So the giant spirit blast is to try and save the forest and find Ori. And that kills the bird's children for some reason, or the eggs. So the bird gets mad and takes the tree thing, which is actually your flying companion friend. And then there's a bit later on where they use one of the MacGiffins you collect to resurrect your adoptive thing. So that guy comes back, and then the bird doesn't kill you at the end because it goes, Oh, I see the relationship between parent and child. Oh, I'll save everyone and kill myself. It's gibberish. It's fucking gibberish. It tries, as I say, it tries to be a story about parenthood and having, like, the villain and your... what you thought dead. Spoilers, the back to life. Foster parent be like, whoa, no, I see you care for your child, like I did. But it's it's just gibberish, and every, it basically makes everyone come across as a villain. When you think about it. Because the light's it's evil for killing the bird, and the bird's evil for killing the forest. So, they're all dicks. That's the story. <laughs> That's sorry. As I say, it, as I say, it feels like it's more invested in its story than it actually should be. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I mean, the opening was strong, and then the rest of it just it just seems quotes and a one voice, and I'm sort of listening to them, but I'm sort of That's deep, but not going to help you get past the next bit sort of vibe. So, it's yeah, yeah, you can't rely on the narrative to be the hook that makes you go, I want to play more to find out what's happening, because it's just not after the opening, it's just not that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's anything else I want to bring up the story. I mean, like the whole point, I feel like Ori's cute that's basically why you're like and you saw that he lost his friend at the start but other than that there's not really much else to cling to in that sense. Yeah. Like I don't want to see this cute little thing get hurt and that's probably enough. Yeah, you're kind of told, like, early on, like, go collect the MacGuffins to resurrect the trees, and that'll help the forest. And you're like, cool. And that's pretty much it for your motivation. Like, there's nothing more, there's no more depth to it than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, moving away from just the basic story, we're going to go deep dive on some gameplay mechanics. Hell yeah. Um... Can we first start with the ability three? Because I feel this is something complimentary. I want to start with a compliment. I really like how easy and simple it is. 
also with the save points you get an orb you power up you can save there and then you can reuse that little save point in that area well the, the safe the save points are a whole thing unto themselves we can go into in a minute but yeah the ability tree is nice and simple so there's i can't remember off the top of my head what they are but there's essentially three paths i think it's combat exploration and movement maybe or like just general abilities but yeah it's yeah it's definitely very simple because it's just literally you get experience or you can get or you can find like full-on ability points in the wild that will give you part or a full ability point and from there you can upgrade so you can either do more damage or you can feel things on the map or you can give yourself more jumps and stuff so yeah it's definitely simple and it's definitely like it helps to be give you provide clear goals of oh i want to upgrade this next so i'll need so many ability points and that so yeah it's it's not convoluted it can be a bit annoying at times that there'll be some stuff where you're like, I want to get that, but to do that I have to go for all these junk abilities for things I never really use. Like, this charges up your spirit bomb-esque attack, and I'm like, well, I never use that. So, uh, great. But, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 not a complex or innovative upgrade tree, but it's nice and simple and it works for what Ori is. I mean, and now you said, we said you're going to go more depth from the save point. I tie them in, because obviously... Your little orbs, your little yeah. power blue orbs, so... and obviously you get so many, and then you can establish a save point. Yeah. I thought it was cute that it's like you put the save point where you want, effectively. It's it's very interesting. Like you never really see this kind of thing in game. So one of your your one of your kind of stats. So you have life, but you also have I think it's energy is what it's called. And essentially, you can spend at the start of the game. It's one energy point to produce a spirit flame, which is essentially a respawn point. And like when you get upgrades later on, you can essentially make them save points. So you can just, as long as you can go back, as you can get back there, you can just tap the button to resave there and not cost you anything. And they're definitely very interesting as a concept because you, it's essentially the equivalent of like a PC quick save, and you don't really see that in console yeah. games or especially Metroidvanias like this. Usually, you're forced to save at very set points. So it's a very interesting mechanic. It can, it does have drawbacks to it. So obviously, yeah, if you. Go. Use your power on other stuff and the big shots, and you don't have your little save or enough for a save point and stuff like that. I do feel annoyed, but then I did feel like when I did have enough and I could put my save point where I want. So just after I killed this spider, for example, yeah, could that pissing me off? It it felt nice to do that. Cause I'm like, ha, yeah, it's definitely me now. Yeah, it's definitely as I say, allowing the player to save. Almost always when they want. Like, there are some exceptions, as you mentioned. You might ha not have any energy, and then you might get annoyed having to do a long segment over and over. Or you might, because it's a quick save, you might save with low health. Or the most... Or no safe, no safe ground. That's... Yeah, no safe ground can be annoying. I think the one that got me the most is... It's a mentality, because again, you don't really see quick saves in um, computer in console gaming as opposed to PC. So you might put a save point, get a collectible die and then sometimes i would forget that i don't have that collectible anymore that i have to go re-get it yeah i and get then... that it's the same with the map fragments that yeah really, or cutscenes as well that's the weirdest one when you save and it's oh. just before a cutscene, and then you have to re-watch this lovely guy show you what to do time after time and you're like i get it i don't there need to see it again <laughs> there was one where you have to go pick up an orb and carry it yeah and you slow walk uh, I remember I had to slave walk so many times, and I was. Just... Yeah. And there's another one where my save point was just before a boss battle bit where you're locked in like an air area, 
and I was like, I had to keep getting past it, and I wanted, I would have loved to save afterwards, but you can't, because it triggers a cutscene, and I'm like, ah, let's keep doing this little boss battle again. Not that the boss battle was hard, it's just doing it again and again, straight in. Yeah, it's definitely a case of, if you're not careful, you can end up redoing the same thing over and over, and that can get very grating, especially if it's a tricky segment. Yeah. I mean, you reference it there. I will say this game I found more frustrating than I expected because it's very finicky, the mechanics. I won't say, like, it's, you know, broken or anything because it's not, if you get it right, but you get something slightly wrong and then you're done. You know what I mean? Like, your jump some segments have to be perfect. It depends on the part of the game you're on, but, yeah, there's definitely... It's an erratic difficulty curve for a bunch of reasons, and that is one of them. Like, there are some parts where you can play fast and loose and utilise a wider variety of your abilities to get around or explore, but there are also parts where it's very confined, and if you don't figure out the kind of solution very quickly, bang, you're dead. Sucks to be you. Yeah. But again, it's death isn't as annoying in here as it is in other games because there's no load times, really, unless you're, like, walking no. around the map. The only load times I feel like when you're slow, well, it's not even a load time, the only time I feel like the game was slow is like you're being made to slow walk because there's a cutscene yeah. or quote or something. Other than that, I can't really ever think, oh man. Yeah, like it's impressive. Like even, I had times as well, heck, where I like, I think when I was trying to do like my abilityless run, which I'm still working on, and there are times where I'll die and then I'll respawn immediately and it's not even like nearby, it's like a sec, like several minutes back in a completely different part of the map and zone. So you'd think, oh no, it has to reload that. But no, I'm just straight there. It's like, damn, this is impressive. Yeah, and you you appreciate, especially when it's a finicky, frustrating game like this, you don't want to be waiting around, it just adds to your frustration. So yeah. I do really appreciate that certain sense of it. I feel like I'm leading this. Is there anything particularly you want to talk about next? There's, I've got a list. there's, there's loads of things I can talk yeah. about, Laura. Um, but yeah, I but suppose what? you kind of mentioned it there, like with the boss chambers. Do we want to talk about the combat? Because that's yeah, let's talk about the combat. That's definitely shit. And it definitely <laughs> gets better once you unlock the whole fire projectile back at an enemy. Yeah, flinging, game, flinging is an entire conversation. We'll have so like bashing. Yeah, but so yeah, it's very limited to begin with. It gets better, but its combat is not the aim of this game. Really, I feel like the enemies are more obstacles to avoid or jump over rather than you're battling definitely yeah because like so essentially if you've not played ori um the majority of the combat apart besides the uh mechanic that laura mentioned about bouncing fireballs around is uh hammer the x button a lot because that does your spirit flame which isn't even you controlling it so essentially your little fairy flame that's going around you shoots fire at enemies in some range that you don't really have control over and yeah it's just it's very it's you hammer the X button and it's not fun to do that. As is and obviously, some of the enemies they do feel like they've got the accuracy down. They have a better tool. Like the spiders, I'm going to come back to them. Sometimes they're positioned so well, the projectiles are firing at you. Which, so you don't want to which jump, ones so were the spiders? Free. The spiders are purple. They drop down. They fire three projectiles at once. Oh, the dragon. The little. Oh, they were spiders. Oh shit! That makes so much more sense. Yeah, I had spiders. them as like floating dragon things. In my no, head. they're spiders. No, that makes so much sense. I never, I never cottoned on those spiders. Huh. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, they're spiders, and they would annoy me the most because obviously, jump into it if you're not ready to like do the Y and fling or mess it up. Yeah. Then you're most likely to get hit, but then obviously you can't really jump to avoid them because they're low, high, and middle. So 
getting the jump right to avoid them is a little difficult. Yeah, but I feel like you can definitely tell that combat isn't a focus for this game, considering, I mean, you mentioned boss chambers. The boss chambers are essentially some jumping squibs that are running around, so ha- run around a bit and hammer the X button. Like, there's no real yeah. big combat I'm... set piece in this game. <laughs> I mean, I wrote the word pissy next to the word boss battle because I'm up there. Just a bit pissy. Because it's like they come out the ground, projectile, jump, hit. They come and go back in the ground, projectile, hit. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh my god, I don't understand what they add to this. I'd rather take an annoying, jumpy puzzler and everything than um, do that again. Yeah, do you want to know the fun part, Laura? There's more to come that I haven't done. That's also the final boss. It's the same thing. I don't think that really captures the essence of Rory. For me, it's no. a great little jumping puzzler game. Puzzle, puzzle, puzzle. I know you need enemies sometimes to drive a story and stuff, but in terms of the combat, isn't a big deal. I'd well, rather you need, just have a harder jumping puzzle. You need enemies to kind of force... Well, especially, we, we'll get to it now, to kind of force the movement, and that's where the flinging mechanic comes in, which you unlock in kind of the first main dungeon, which is the Ginzo tray. And that's definitely really where this game kind of opens up and is probably its highlight. Like, it's a bit like, that's when Ori really starts to become a master of movement, and the game really shows that it's more about the movement and the flow than it is the combat or anything like that. Cause, yeah. So, if you've not played Ori, the flinging mechanic, essentially, as I mentioned, so you hold the Y button, and you can fling off several things. So, you there are lanterns, kind of, in the, like, dotted about the environments, and you can fling off any of those, quite standardly. But you can also fling off enemies or their projectiles. So any enemy you can hold the button nearby and your kind of game goes kind of in slow motion so that you aim where you're going and then you can fling off but also whatever you're flinging off of will be bounced back in the opposite direction so you can essentially fire enemy projectiles back at them or you could say there's some ravens in some points of the game and i can fling them into spikes but also you've then got to be careful you don't fling yourself into tom's way by doing that and it's yeah it adds a lot more to, it definitely adds like a new dynamic and a new dimension to the game and it's probably the highlight like, if that wasn't in this game, it would be pretty generic Metrovania, but because of that, it becomes a lot more about the movement, and that is probably the most fun thing to do throughout the entire rest of the game, just fling yourself off of things. Mm. I mean, I did feel like the game definitely, I agree with you, that it changed. I think as soon as I started getting the flinging, I was like, oh, there's more to this, and I got the and I was like, oh, I get this game now, more like that. Yeah, because but- every other thing you unlock is kind of just double jump wall climbing it's like okay sure been there, I mean done wall that. climbing is cool sure wall but yeah, wall, wall climbing's weird to be fair because they're like now you can climb walls and I'm like but I can already wall jump infinitely so why do I need this <laughs> yeah see I'm going to touch on this mechanic this just feels like I'm tying in yeah go um, for it this mechanic and the fact we should touch on boss battles I do feel like the boss battles could be more like this water bit where you're climbing up and the water's rising and it's using that thing in technique and well that's probably like I had, because that was the bit I remember most about what I played about. Because a, I had to do it several times, but that felt yeah. like there was a lot of skill. There was a bit of luck in some regards. So yeah, you know, I've had a friend actually describe. Sorry, not friend. I've had like I've seen like reviews and such where they describe those as the actual boss battles more than anything. Those kind of chase sequences at the end of each dungeon. They're definitely some of the most yeah. memorable parts where you're trying to essentially survive for a minute as you fling yourself out of these trees before they explode or erupt with water or whatever whatever the gimmick is for that tree yeah i mean that's fair that's literally the bit i would say i felt that was most challenging i felt it was most fun as well i say fun if you ask me at the time it was 
<laughs> they can again because you're obviously you're redoing segments of the game. So when you look back on it, it's like yeah, that's nice. But there can be times in the moment where you're like, I, if you if you don't see like the thing you need to know, it's most prevalent in the second one I think, where there's bits of the environment that fall down, and it's not always a hundred percent obvious where you need to go exactly next because you might need to backtrack a tiny bit in the chase sequence. So it can be frustrating. But when you look back on them, they're definitely like the high points of the game. I mean, we say about high... Is there any other high points you want to point out? Because I feel like that's my high point in particular. So I feel leading into your high point is a... Um... There's... I've definitely got some which I need to find. Whee! Uh... So yeah, as I say, I like movement. I feel like it does a good job of hype... Of um, the classic Metrovania kind of power creep of you start off very, very weak easy to die, easily overpowered, you don't have much energy, so it's not like you can save everywhere. But by the end of the game, you're a god who can't be... T- like, the fi- so, um, the final level of the game is essentially a uh, lava kind of dungeon, where you have to fling yourself around to avoid not getting burned up, and then doing things against the clock, or in tricky challenge chambers. And it's a lot of fun, because it's a lot of combination of all your abilities, but you by that point in the game, you are pretty overpowered. And admittedly, this is because I went out and got all the power-ups and everything. Because before you do that, you are quite underpowered. But uh, you you definitely notice the power creep throughout this game. And it, as I say, it gives you a lot. So by the end of the game, you're like, Whoa, look at me! I'm the god of the forest! <laughs> as you fling stuff everywhere. So, yeah, I I enjoyed that. And I think it's, it's pretty. It's a very pretty game. Like, it's a lot of... I don't know if watercolor is the right term for it, but it's got a lot of like pretty art and nice aesthetic, and Ori looks very good and distinct. In fact, no, all the main characters look cool and distinctive. Their personalities may be garbage, but their characterizations <laughs> are, like, visually, they look very distinct and interesting to look at. Yeah, I don't think I... I think everyone had their own little quirk going on. Yeah. I mean, you type of personality, I couldn't describe anyone's personality in that game, so... <laughs> and I feel the audio as well, especially in, like, the story beats as well the audio really does enhance the game a lot it has some very nice things and the rest of the track tracks nice ambience like i've listened to the ost since i beat the game and it's nice to listen to like that you don't really notice a lot of the ambience in the moment but you definitely notice in like the so the first 10 minutes or the major story beats that the soundtrack really kind of enhances that and has some nice swelling music Yeah, so, I mean, the music's another thing you want to touch on. I thought that always set the mood. Because I've got down that it was immersive, so it's yes. the design and the music that really made that the case. Yeah, that's that's definitely that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, you can you can definitely, like, relax and enjoy the environment. And, like, considering it's mostly just a forest, it does a good job of making areas feel kind of distinct. and Especially when you go lower and everywhere's darker and the water dark, bits. Yeah, There's a really colourful water bit. And yeah, it's... it's I, I like the visual design of this game. It might not have like the best environmental storytelling at times. Like The highlight of that is pretty much you beat the water tree. The water's pure now. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice place to be in. Like You never... You never feel oppressed by it visually or anything like that. You're always like, yeah, this is this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the we're talking about visually in the up and down. I guess like, it's a good time to bring up the fact that I feel lost when I'm not lost in this game. Because direction-wise, you, like, you have a map. Yes. You do. 
but it's not filling the blanks it's a filling the blanks map and stuff and working your way there especially at the start when you've not been anywhere um there was a bit where i got for i was gonna write rain i went to an area i wasn't ready for and i had to work all my way back and go down the other way and stuff like that that was frustrating but sometimes even when you're going the right way you don't know if you're going the right way for a little bit too long till you trigger something they're like oh yeah because there was a couple of times where i felt like i jumped down and fell like yeah i was you know fell down levels you know going down and I wasn't sure if I was meant to and I'm going the right way or if I've just got... But you see what I mean? That that was a bit more frustrating for me. I know it's that type of game, but that's one of those things I'm like, oh, I can see why I this can't, would annoy someone. I can't say I ever quite felt like that. Like, there were times where I felt like the world map makes... Like, you, like when you zoomed out on the world map, it's like, here's the look at the environment and you feel like it's going to be a lot bigger than it necessarily actually is when you're going from point to point. Mm. I never really had the feeling that I got lost, per se, because... A lot of the game is pretty smart about kind of coercing you onto the critical path, as it were. Like, you can't... You can do deviations off of it, but not a lot of them until, like, two-thirds of the way into the game, pretty much. So, I think I was surprised, because both you and another and, um, Darren, friend of the podcast, said they'd managed to go down, like, an alternate path at one point, and in my head, I'm like, thought that was locked off before now. Like, no, thought you needed the ability. It, well, you, you get so far, and then you need the ability to go even further into it. But at that right. point, you've already got there. Okay. Like, it's a bit where you can go up to the top, and you get fired, and you're like, I can't work out how to get past this. I'm not sure what my ability yeah, is. And I thought, oh, maybe it's the thingy thing, but it's not, because you just can't, because you haven't got no, fire. It's, it's the fire. No, it's essentially you're going for like the third dungeon, so the sixth of the six things you need to do. And that's why yeah. I was surprised when both you and him were like, yeah, are we going up that way? And I'm like, huh, I thought that was locked off. Okay. It's definitely gettable up until a point. But that's the thing. You don't know you're going the wrong way till I realise I'm like, there's no way past this. I'm going to try and go that way and down there and follow that route on the map. Because obviously there might be, oh, am I just doing the bit wrong? Am I just doing the Y yeah. thing wrong? There was a bit of that. That's fair. I think, as I said to you before the podcast, like I kind of I can accept that because exploration is kind of part of the Metrovania genre, along with like backtracking and stuff like that. So to me, that's not a negative that you've, like, oh no, I went the wrong way. It's like, okay, but you explored something, so that's... It's not like you got nothing out of that experience. So. No, no, no. But no, I can get I how mean, that can be frustrating if you're like, where's the right route? I want to get on with the game. <laughs> especially as there's bits where I was like, I don't know if I'm just getting the mechanic wrong to get yeah. up this bit. So I don't know if I've gone the wrong way and I shouldn't be able to get up here or I've gone the right way, I am just need to... Yeah, I definitely took an attitude up. early on because there's a lot of, like, collectibles obviously hidden around, like, energy and stuff and that. But I took a view early on of, like, I... After, like, looking at a couple of them, I was like, okay, I don't feel like I have the full ability set I need to get all of these things, so I'm going to kind of ignore them until I'm no, I know I'm near the end of the game. So... But again, yeah, I can see again. how that's definitely frustrating. If you're like, I want to get cool shit, let me get cool shit. Yeah, that's the kind of feel. Of the only, that's the only real negative I've had. The other, I mean, the other negative I've had, I spoke about you um, off air, but I've got to tell the listeners now, <laughs> is there was a bit where the, you called them purple, purple tentacle monsters. They're basically, yes. they shoot, they pop up like little volcanoes of purpleness and shoot. Normally in the game, you basically stand and move quickly so that you're getting to shoot something else maybe break a yeah. door for you or stuff like that but there was a bit where there was a room purple door everything was shut and i was like oh do i have to try and get them to hit the purple what they're shooting to break the door and then 
I was like, that's what, you know, because they've always been used to aim stuff before. But then it turned out all I needed to do was kill them all and the, the door opened. I felt that a bit frustrating because it's like established that the mechanic is not really to kill these things, but to utilise them. Yeah, the, the tentacle monsters like... definitely have multiple uses, although, as I say, I think I responded to that by saying, well, like, there's a couple, you don't see them often, which is fair, so that's probably why you maybe necessarily didn't pick up on it or assumed it was another solution. But there's like a, there's a purple challenge room symbol, as it were, on some doors. So that's how I was able to tell. But I can appreciate, especially because those things especially are used in a bunch of different puzzle types, so. Like, half the time you will kill them and you go, ha, I've done it, and then they'll just respawn and you're like, oh, that's not the solution. Got it. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, so but that was the thing, because I'm on the principle that if you establish this is for this, of course it's logical that I'm looking to use them in that way. Yeah. So I just found it a bit... I get why they're going to be wrong. I probably should have tried to kill them all first, but it's just because it was different from what we'd done before, and before I'd killed them and then wait for them to pop up and respawn to use them again. It's just... I mean, on touching on this, because obviously that's a certain time, I do like some of the enemy designs that, um, in terms of not crumb, but like the little rhino that rolls up into a ball and you flick him, but he charges. I, I kind of really liked him. Oh, the explosive rhinos are fun, again, to play yeah. around with. Again, that They're ties into flinging. <laughs> so. Yeah. See, I, I'm like, I just want to point out that I'm my favourite enemy. That's that's cool. Uh, ooh, favourite enemy. I suppose... I had fun fighting the crow, like the most annoying ones by far. But I had fun fighting the crows because they're kind of like they dive at you in like lance-like patterns, so you can try and figure out. You can either like try and bounce off all of them and have a good time with that, but if you're also if you're have a good caught, time. as I say, they they allow you to like come up because you go off. Oh, I bait them here, then I can jump off it and have some fun there. But also, if you like fuck up with them, they will very easily kill you. So, I mean, that's fair. I mean, is there anything else you want? Because that's all the notes I got from the bit. I mean, I guess the only other bit is I didn't, like... I was going to say, so you in. didn't... Oh, go on, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, there's a bit where you have to carry an orb and then, yes. like, move through the obstacles, and I hated it because it was so frustrating because you're so slow and you can't jump and stuff like that. Yeah, there are I two segments where you carry orbs, like, you, you've mentioned one of them there. There's also another one which I think is new for the definitive edition. But, um... Yeah, they. I mean, they both had interesting quirks to it. So like, they're a different sort of part of the gameplay. They're just not for me because I hate stuff where you carry and slow down. And that's my broad opinion across all games. If you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's that's fair. In a game that's defined by movement, they do feel like you carry this orb, and then like you can't double jump, you can't fling, you can't do half of the cool, fun things that you've been enjoying doing. It's it's yeah, a contrast, it's but it can be a bit annoying. And I again, yeah. they have payoffs like in the second dungeon, which I think is the one you're talking about. They allow you to walk on walls and stuff and mess with gravity. In another one, it's like you have platforms that you can only use or like only make real, as it were, if you have the orb with you. So they're neat yeah, ideas. the ideas. Yeah, the orb that's blue, like yeah. a bubble round. Yeah, you. that's where I'm stuck at. A bit with that. Yeah, so I think yeah, you got. So we should say, like, Laura hasn't finished it. I think you're in the second dungeon, I'm going to guess. Maybe third. Could you're not third. in the third. The third's lava. The third doesn't oh. have an orb. You were got to the second oh. dungeon. <laughs> I'm near the end of the second one, because this is a long dungeon otherwise. Yeah, you're on the one where gravity, yeah. where you play with gravity, right? I've got a little blue orb with me. Yeah. I pick it up. It carries a big bubble, and I'm, like, dropping it and falling and spikes. Yeah. That can be, especially if you don't have much energy to like make save points, that can get very frustrating very quickly because there are several long bits where you're walking on walls and everything. You're like, I just want to. 
especially then no you also need to get here. especially because you also need to get the map stones like i know i'm on my ability lesson run i had like no energy to save there and i literally had to walk out the dungeon go find some energy and grab that and then deliberately try and beat like a large chunk of game before i save just to make sure i didn't have to redo things so yeah it, as i say and that kind of ties into the energy thing as well like when you've got tons or if you've when you've like got a load of the orbs you feel invincible but if you have like towards the start when you have like three or four units you you feel never feel like you have enough in situations like that you can you, you flick from weak to god i to godlike very fast <laughs> when you collect a bunch <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to particularly add because i've i've gone through all my pet pet peeves and likes to be honest uh i <laughs> Well, I, I will. So, I like the um, the final dungeon of the game, which I know you didn't get to in the lava thing. I think I talked about it a little bit already, but yeah, like there's a lot of kind of essentially you're trying to you're in a volcano, so you go to the very top to try and block off the lava that's flowing down, and then as you slowly make your way down to the bottom again, so you can go into the final room and uh, the final chase sequence, which is you running away from uh, Kuro the bird. Um, I think he's called Kuro anyway, and it's a nice it's a nice yeah it's a nice climactic end. Uh, you, I tell you what you did avoid classic AAA game segment so once you beat the second dungeon lore you got a stealth segment to do you know what I'm not saying that I won't actually play it I probably will still finish this game I just got stuck <laughs> but yeah. and then frustrated yeah. it's not my usual type of game in fairness which is the point of the segment to try new stuff so yeah because I would not pay for this game not an insult to the game just Ooh. it's not my type of game it's not, it's not, like, if I was into these sort of games, and yeah, I would probably be, but it's just not the sort of thing I go for. That's, that's fair. As I say, um, I've played a couple of Metromania, so it's weird coming off, because I think the last one I put a lot of time into was Guacamelee, and that's very combat-focused. Like, there's a lot of different moves you can do, and you have to break enemy shields by doing different moves, and they're flying, and there's bombs you have to beat. It's, it's basically the exact opposite of this, like, whereas this is much more about the movement of platforming, that's much more about the combat. And it's it's weird that they... I don't want to say they put effort into the combat, that feels like the wrong term, but it's weird that there's a chunk of it, because it, it always feels like, no, I don't want to do combat, I want to get away from that, because it's not fun. But as I say, yeah. like, its core mechanic of flinging is great and kind of carries the game for a lot of it. So I, if it had if it had added more things like that in each dungeon, hot damn, this would be amazing. But it never really matches that high in that first third. But I, I, I still enjoyed it. I had, I mean, put it like this, I've got all the achievements bar the special challenge run achievements. So I had a blast playing Ori. I mean, I'm, I feel like we could end up on Ori and say this. If you had to grade it out of 10, where you landed on it? Because I would say I'll give it a 6 or a 7. Mm. Probably push it to a 7. Uh, I would probably give it an 8. It's good fun. And I will say as well, if you're interested in giving this a try, it's quite short. Like, it's only... <laughs> Unless you're shit. I didn't say that, Laura. But, uh, <laughs> but it's... I mean, I've put so many hours into this and I'm still ain't finished it. I've oh, been no. good at these games. For most players, it will be 6 to 10 oh, hours. Yeah. Da- I think Darren blasted through it in like 2 days playthroughs yes, so yeah and as i say i i spread it i think i spread it over like a dozen play sessions over the month or so when i was talking about mentioning it on the podcast of like an hour or so each time but again remember i went to collect everything and i did all the achievements so that's why it took me a little longer but as i say it's 
it's if you are like looking for an introduction to the Metroidvania genre, this is definitely a good choice. It's kind of laid back. It has difficulty bumps, don't get me wrong, and it can be very frustrating, as Laura's evidenced here, and as Squiggy would no doubt have mentioned if he'd shown up. But um, <laughs> we had stuff. Don't be dead, Chassie. Sh- sure. Okay. You had ten weeks to play it as well. But uh, <laughs> love you, Squiggy. But uh, yeah, it's. I think I think it's a fun game. So you, I, I'd have given it an eight out of ten. So yeah. So I mean, we're giving it high scores. Yeah. Which does mean the next game on Free Stuff has got, it's got a tough act to follow, really. Yeah. Where where are we going from a two D platformer? Or what's next? I you you're never gonna guess this. Hot damn. Two D. Oh. Is it a platformer? <laughs> I mean, it's everyone's favourite headjob. <gasps> Could it be? <laughs> Silver? Are we playing Sonic? Right. Oh. Anyway, our next free stuff game is it came PS Plus for free, and I think it was actually on Xbox Live Gold for free as well, based on what I've just uh, had a look-see around. Uh, Sonic Mania, which was released in 2017. It's on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. Obviously, it got it was a very high-scoring review right Sonic game because it went back to the old formula and it was part of the uh, to celebrate Sonic's 25th anniversary. Um, so some side-scrolling gameplay fun should be coming to free stuff. I can't do the math of which date the podcast is, but we have a while to play it and we'll be checking back and then saying our experience on this. And if it's anything like Ori, it will be a positive talk. If it turns out to be terrible, because Slazo hates Sonic secretly, secretly, it could be a run. I mean, <laughs> there's no secret about it, mate. I <laughs> could be buckle up, kids. <laughs> I, I'm ho- I'm hoping it turns out alright. As I say, it's been a long time since I've given a 2D Sonic a whirl, so hopefully, and Sonic Mania is highly praised. So I, I'm looking forward to getting into it, and uh, it, I can't wait for be. you to both finish it this time. I will be able to finish a Sonic game. I've, I'm good at Sonic games. I say I complained about the like the type of games, but Sonic games, it's, it's, it's fine. I've got this. Cool. I've got this. Um, Please do. Yeah, but that's everything. This is an uh, a episode ten. We need to sign off. So obviously, you need to know that this podcast drops every Tuesday on all good podcasting every platforms such Tuesday. as Spotify. Every other Tuesday, I always forget fortnights on Spotify and Apple Podcasts being the main home hitters, but you probably can find it. Anchor FM lists the home of all of them and gives you like links where you can get them on your devices and stuff like that. That's right, plug in Anchor FM now. That's how I've gone up. Um, obviously, you can follow the uh, podcast at Behind Lagging, where we do update the Twitter and we'll be giving you updates throughout the next couple, a few, or well, next few weeks about where people are in Sonic Mania. So if Plazo does slip behind, <laughs> yeah me that will, it'll be me who's the weak link totally there we go so just remember this quote will be tweeted out um yeah remember to hit subscribe and follow on the podcast obviously you can follow us personally at Laura law sean hickman you can follow at slazo king you can follow the absent geordie squires at geordie squires and moan at him for being absent uh ask him what he thought Lori. yeah tweet him and harass him about his ori for Good thing. Is there anything you want to plug other than harassment? Other than harassment, oh, oh, I'd, oof, that's a that's a tricky one. I mean, hey, if you if you like my voice and you want to hear it with someone who isn't squeaking on a bed, then you can Sorry. listen to uh, the Trash Manga Friends podcast. We've got a bunch of episodes out by the time this airs. 
So you can follow us on Twitter at TrashMangaCast, and we're on all good podcasting services, so Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, finally, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And you can listen to me. If you think I'm going mad now, boy, you ain't heard nothing yet. I, oh, If you want to hear me go insane, that podcast is the place to do it. With friends who are also going insane. It's great. As he sounds like he's going insane, which is a great note to end our 10th episode. Thank you for joining us. Join us again for episode 11 in two weeks. That's all right. And make sure to listen to previous episodes if you just can't get enough of this lagging behind goodness. Ciao. Bye-bye.